Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. I am so pleased to have as our in-studio guest today a gentleman who is renowned to being an executive coach and leader, Mr. Danny Creed, who has a book out called A Life Best Live, and it's a story of life, death, and second chances, and it's published by Motivational Press. Danny, welcome to the program. Darrell, thank you so much for having me. I'm proud to be here. You know, I tell you, uh, I really appreciate your, your patience with our technical difficulties earlier this morning, and um, I, I could tell that you're a man of patience, and I really appreciate that. Before we get started to talk you. about your, your, your book, can you share with our audience a little bit about your background, your education, and how you have come to the point of being, code, I mean, being called Coach Dan? Yeah, thank, thank you, Darrell. Yeah, I, uh, I was actually a, I'm a farm boy from Kansas. I was raised on a wheat farm in a very small town and had uh, 16, 16 uh, students in my senior class. And, uh, and I was the only one to leave the farm. Uh, I, I got the bug as an entrepreneur. Uh, I started, I spent 20 years in the radio business learning entrepreneurship and, uh, took off on a startup in the late eighties, uh, when entrepreneurship was just beginning to learn people were learning how to spell it. And, uh, since then I've done 14 successful startups. I've been a part of, uh, I'm known as a business turnaround expert. I have over 400 business turnarounds. And uh, I partnered with a fairly famous guy, Brian, Brian Tracy. And uh, I have other, had other friends. Zig Ziglar was a good friend. And, and, and out of that came a real desire to really help people. I, I, all my experiences, it lacks a lot of clinical background, but it, it, makes up for it and just street fighting knowledge and and through building uh, 14 startups and 400 uh, turnarounds i uh, i became uh, started working as a business coach and helping others and uh, in the last 10 years i have over 8,000 hours of actual face-to-face coaching time and have over 12,000 recommendations and uh, it's just such an honor to to help people i work with clients all over the world. I work with entrepreneurs. I work with executives. I work with small business owners. And, and I, just, I just love to help people and see them grow if they want to. Key point, if they want to, if they have the will yes. to want to do that. And, and what do you consider to be the hallmarks of the success of your coaching program? Um, I, I think it's it's uh, it's all based on the foundation. Uh, something, if you go to the bookstore, uh, a lot of the books on business development and personal development are all based on the latest fad, somebody's latest twist. I was raised by gentlemen like Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and uh, uh, um, some of the some of the famous Doctor Dennis Waitley. Some of those guys, and, and their 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 teachings were always based on. Uh, I know Mr. Tracy's always said, you know, success is like a recipe. If you want the good food, you can't mess with the recipe. And we find that no matter where you're at in the world, no matter what the economy is, no matter who you are, gender or anything, that 
that if you if you master some foundational keys to the recipe of success, then you can apply it to anything. So I believe I can coach anybody in any business anywhere in the world, no matter what the economy, because I really believe in mastering the foundation. If you look at athletes, if you look at actors, you look at great successful businessmen, they have a foundational grind. They have a foundational mastery of things like time management, uh, priority management, goal setting, clarity, complete clarity in what they're doing, understanding exactly who their customer is and who they want and where they're going. And more importantly, Daryl, they really have a clear understanding of how they would define success. And I think that's so key. And so I work with all of my clients, no matter where they're at, I can work with anyone. And we really grind down on those foundational elements of success, on that recipe. And I work with billion-dollar companies, and I work with startups with two people. And the, the concept of that foundational recipe and mastering that, creating it and mastering it, has applied across the board. And so that recipe of that foundation, you you had talked about a, a few of those attributes in regards to time management, defining what is success. How do you begin the process with a potential client yeah, in, in regards to coaching? <laughs> well, I, I really, Daryl, I really work hard at practicing what I preach. And one of the key elements of I'll, I'll use your uh, headline there. One of the key elements of leadership, I believe, one of the key elements of being an entrepreneur, of being a leader, of being a good manager, a good owner, a good entrepreneur, is being able to just shut up and listen. And so when I start with a client, I'm not right for everyone, but when I sat down, if I would sit down with you and we'd say, let's see if it makes sense that you and I should work together. And I will sit down and ask you questions to most importantly, and here's the key, to understand your needs from your point of view, not my point of view. How many times have we went out to buy something or had somebody come in and make a presentation to us, and they start out with, I'm here to tell you all the reasons why you ought to buy from me, when they have no idea what I need. You know, so I always start off by sitting down with a, with a prospect and saying, let's just talk. Let me understand what your needs are from your point of view. May I tell you a real quick story? Please. Yeah, I had a, to give as a point, I had a, a client, became a client. Uh, he was interviewing other business coaches. And he said he's going to interview at least 10. And I said, fine, I want to be the last one you interview. <laughs> and so he went through this interview process, and I, I sat down with him. He said, okay, so why, can, why should I hire you? And I, I looked him in the eye, and I said, I don't know. He goes, what do you mean? And I said, I'm not right for everybody, and I don't know if I can help you. What I'd like to do is understand how you define success and what your needs are from your point of view. And he looked at me and smiled. He said, you're the first person who's ever asked me that. He said, because everybody comes in and says, you're going to improve my bottom line. You're going to improve my profitability. He goes, I don't need that. I'm very profitable. I'm making lots of money. He goes, you know what my issue is? He says, my issue is that I have two seven-year-old girls at home, and I've never taken a vacation with them. Oh, boy. Because I don't think I can leave this business, because if I do, I believe it'll fall apart. If you can help me change my thinking, 
if you can help me change my thinking that I can actually leave here, I'll pay you anything you want. So his need from his point of view was, I, I've got to figure out how to correct my thinking so I can trust my employees and I can leave. I can be a good leader by trusting them. So we still went in and worked on the foundational elements, but through those foundational elements, we found that there was competence issues, there was lack of clarity, there was lack of goals, there was lack of direction and leadership in certain areas. And once we got those solved, he took a vacation in, in 120 days. It's a great story. I coached him for, I, I coached people for a very long time because we're so successful. I coached him for over five years. Really? Wow. Yes. Uh-huh. And then he could actually look at his bottom line, not only the bottom line of his company's profits, but the bottom line of his deposit accounts with his family. Yes. Yeah. The key is, you know, for what I do anyway, the key is understanding that everybody's definition of success isn't the same. And, And his was, he was very profitable. So the bottom line wasn't important to him. It was more important to get his life in order. It was more important to... And, 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 you, and you know, and you know something, uh, Daryl, that when we did that, and he did take that vacation, guess what? The next year, his business doubled. That wasn't his goal, but by giving uh, a, more trust to his employees, by being a better leader, by actually feeling more confident and stepping away, that trickles down. And when he walked in the building, people were going, "Wow, you know, there, there's our boss. He, he's happy." So we're happy, but if if a boss walks in and goes, oh boy, you know, things are terrible, economy stinks, or guess what? It just trickles out. Everybody adapts it. It's the law of attraction. Ladies and, and gentlemen, we we are here with Mr. Danny Creed, who is a phenomenal executive coach. And Dan, where can folks uh, contact you? Where, what is your website for them? Yeah, my, my website is www.realworldbusinesscoach. That's R-E-A-L-W-R-L-D businesscoach.com. Beautiful. And do, if you will, if you like, you can give out your phone number if you like. Sure. It's 602-697-5949. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, but I work with clients all over the world. And, uh, and if you would like to contact me through the website, you can contact me through uh, right there from the website. Beautiful. And, uh, Dan, now this book, A Life Best Live, A Story of Life, Death, and Second Chances, that, is, that, that says a whole lot. Can you yeah. uh, share with us how you came to about that title for your book? You bet. And in, in, in the time we have, I'll just give you a short synopsis. Uh, I was I speak a lot, and I speak to large groups. I do a lot of training of executives and, and, and keynote speeches. I was headed to Vancouver, Canada, uh, on a Wednesday morning to make a speech. I was headed to the airport. My wife was taking me to the airport here in Phoenix. I didn't feel very good, and I, it was bad enough. I said, look, why don't you just take me to the hospital? Let's just check this out, because I just wasn't feeling good. And we pulled in, and I ran, walked in, and they did a quick EKG, and they said, quote, before my wife even got in, they said, Dan, you have 48 hours to live, give or take a few hours. 
Uh, and Daryl, I'll tell you, if you ask yourself, and I know now work with clients on this, and I ask them, look, if you were told you had 48 hours to live, what would you do with that time? Because I'm, I'm telling you, you can't make any changes. And uh, I was told I had 48 hours to live. Uh, my heart was dying. Um, and things moved real fast. My book is about partially about that. But I went through a seven-hour triple bypass heart surgery. Uh, four minutes after I came out of that surgery, uh, my mother passed away. She oh. was in a hospital back in Kansas, and she passed away. And that was pretty tough. But uh, my surgeon came in the next morning um, after that evening having the surgery. He came in the next morning. So he was very top level cardiothoracic surgery, and he challenged me. He said, Dan, I've, I've checked out who you are and what you do. He goes, I want to challenge you with something. I go, uh-oh, yeah. challenges <laughs> for me is, you know, that's like, oh, boy, here's a challenge. And he said, look, when I save somebody like I did you, when we have limited time to be alive and I come in and give you that second chance, he says, people do not honor their second chance. He goes, so I'm going to ask you, with your background, you're the kind of guy that would think about this. He goes, what are you going to do to honor this second chance? He goes, I have people go out and start smoking and cheeseburgers and all of that stuff. They don't honor the second chance of life. He goes, what are you going to do to honor? And I, you know, Daryl, I should have got a, a, a stock in sticky notes because my wife brought them in and I was sticking notes everywhere. I'm going, holy crime and he look, what am I going to do here? And I'm thinking about all these things to change. And, uh, and I started realizing very quickly that I spent seven days in the hospital and came home. And I started realizing very quickly that it wasn't the big things I had to change. That for me, it was just understanding the small things that were really important and disciplining myself to do that. So out of this process, um, I wasn't sleeping. I had some issues with the anesthetic that latent effects. And I was hearing voices. I couldn't sleep. And uh, the only thing I hadn't done, I'd meditated, I'd read books, positive books, and, everything, and the only thing I hadn't done was said a prayer. And so I, I said a quick prayer one night, 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, look, just, you know, Lord, just show me something I can do to go to sleep. That was pretty much it. Uh, and I saw a sign come to me. And I believe, I believe it was my mother holding the sign up. It was on yellow paper. Why yellow? I don't know. But the sign said, life is best lived than feared. And I just, wow, I get this answer. Life is best lived than feared. I was afraid because I came so close to death. I was afraid, oh, my gosh, what if I would have got on that plane to Vancouver? I wouldn't have came back. What if, what if, what if, what if? When I realized, I said, I, I can't live life this way. And then it hit me within a couple of days. There's a lot of story with it. It's in the book. But within a couple of days, I realized, you know, this wasn't a sign just for me. That as a business coach, Daryl, the number one issue that I usually face with, with customers that when, when they are struggling to get to the next level of success for them is that there are small to very large fears that get in their way. And so when I went back to coaching, I was off three months. When I went back to coaching, I, I sat down with every client. And I said, look, we're going to talk about planning for two, the new year. Let's talk about fears that you have, whether you, and I want you to admit them, 
that you might have to get you to the next level. And every one of them had something. It was either, um, I'm too old, I'm too young, I w was raised poor, I didn't get enough college, uh, oh, that's too risky, I've never done that before, uh, I don't understand computers, I'm too young. You know, it was, those kind of were real fears. And so I realized that the coaching gods were talking to me as well. So I created something called 11 commitments and 11 commitments, 11 decisions are the things that you can do to give yourself a second chance. We don't have to sit around and wait to be given a second chance like most people do. We can give ourselves a second, third, fourth chance in business or personal life. And it all starts, the 11 decisions all start with life is best lived in fear. And then it goes through 10 other things that are fairly simple, but they're really hard to discipline yourself to do. And that's the real short version of the story. Oh, I love that. We're going to have you back on a program because I just feel that you ooze with wisdom. <laughs> Thank you. And this, you know, and this show is, we're in our eighth season, and we're happy to say that... Uh, Wow, congratulations. Uh, WSOU 89.5 uh, FM at Seton Hall University was the winner of the Marconi Award for Best Non-Commercial Radio Station of the wow. Year, which is which is a huge award. And, it, and, it's, and, and, and we win this award because of guests like you who share this great wisdom that you have. And so you, you talked about some of the... <clears throat> One of the key skills of, of listening, what do you consider some of the top attributes of a great leader? Of a great leader? Well, uh, it may be different than what a lot of people preach for me. Um, I have about seven things that I actually teach on leadership. Uh, one of those, and I'll just give you a couple of them if that's okay, one of them is to take responsibility. Uh, if you study, for instance, uh, the, the leadership rules of Navy SEALs, uh, one of the key factors there is that if you want to get relieved of duty, if something goes wrong in the battlefield and a general says what went wrong, if that leader says, oh, Daryl didn't do his job, that's completely against all the rules. That leader should say, it was my fault, I didn't train him well enough. A leader has to step up and say, look, I didn't train you well enough, I didn't help you understand well enough. And that's taking responsibility instead of pointing fingers, instead of blame. Another one for me, is a big one, is uh, asking versus telling. So many leaders come in and they go, they call leaders, they go, uh, well, Daryl, that won't work. We've already tried that one. Oh, you're wrong. You'd be better at versus uh, say, you know, uh, Jack Welsh, the, the famous CEO, used to start every conversation when he talked to a, an employee was with, what's the reality? What's the reality of the situation? Um, and, I, and I teach a three-step rule uh, to, to sit down in any problem or dealing with an employee. You asked, what happened? Why did it happen? So what happened is what really happened. What's the reality? Why did it happen? Analyze. How, did, how will it never happen again? What's the solution? And then the fourth step is 
Bye-bye. See you later. It's, it's really asking the question. It's asking questions versus coming and going, oh, you, you messed up. Oh, golly. Uh, Sam Walton builds a pretty good little business called Walmart. He had a philosophy that actually came from uh, uh, a, a famous business book, uh, and it was called MBWA. And he had a baseball cap that said MBWA. I met Mr. Walton one time, and he was wearing this cap, MBWA. It stood for Managing by Wandering Around. He felt that as a leader, one of the pre- primary concepts of, of growing Walmart was that his edict among all of his managers was you will walk around stores and find employees doing something right versus finding them doing something wrong and publicly criticizing them. You were, you were to praise in public and chew them out in private. But one of most of us who have been in corporate think when you see the boss coming, oops, I got, I got to cover up. I got to be careful. I got to protect myself. And that was just the opposite of what they taught, what, what the culture statement was for them. We're going to manage by wandering around. We're going to lead by wandering around and finding people doing something right. Um, and, and again, I guess the other big one that I, that I work with, there's two or three more, but one is communicate. Just understand that there's at least four very distinct personality profiles. And everybody's a little different. You know, there's this tough driver personality. There's a very expressive personality. There's what we call a very amiable, uh, uh, a, a easy easy going, then there's the analytical, if you know DISC. Oh, Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. I've studied DISC for 30 years, and it's one of the greatest management uh, leadership tools you'll ever find. Because a leader who isn't willing to adapt their personality to to their to the folks that they are leading will always be a poor communicator. So that's a big part of my leadership training as well. And I guess the final one that we can talk about today real quickly is just I expect, again, it comes back to the MBWA and that stuff, but it was, uh, it's the, I believe, it's the ability, um, I, I believe top leaders have the ability to say no. And I think that's a leadership trait. You know, Warren Buffett says, I say no to everything until I get more information. So it's no, let's talk about this. Or no, you know, like mom used to say, if you have to answer, have an answer right now, the answer is no, let's get more information. Um, so it, it really helps communication. So that's just a few of the things I believe in. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Coach Dan, Danny Creed, who is the author of the book, A Life Best Lived, A Story About Life, Death, and Second Chances, published by Motivational Press. And so what is going to be the highlight of your coaching this year as we as we are now entered into 2017? Yeah, good question. Uh, I've been very blessed in that Literally, all of my clients have had success based on their definition of success. Uh, the last three years, anyway, uh, over 80% of my clients have at least doubled their revenue minimum. Uh, and, you know, the great thing about that and the wonderful thing about that, Daryl, is that I, as a business coach for my clients, I help them make better decisions. 
I'll be the guy that argues with them, another other opinions. I'll be the guy that pushes them. I have a great client that says he's a big old tough guy, runs a, uh, a construction company, and he says I'm the only guy in the planet that he'll let push him a little bit because like he said, I'll push him off a cliff and catch him by the collar before he falls. But they still have to do the work. And I'm so proud that if they were willing to do the work, if they are willing to work with me, if they, and if they're willing to do the work, then they can achieve anything they can imagine and beyond. And that's really the great thing for me is to see people go way past what they think they're capable of for themselves and their business. And that's, you know, I, I learned a long time ago, one of the first uh, sales lessons I ever learned many, many years ago from the greatest sales trainer in the world that I work with. He used to say, the day you see your client as a, as a paycheck is the day you'll, you'll be a poor salesperson. And as a coach, I say the same thing. My job is to help them be more successful based on their definition of success. And one of my rewards is I get paid for it. That isn't my goal. That's one of my rewards. So I, I look for some really, really special uh, results for some of my clients this year. And, and plus, I, I'm going out. I built a, uh, a workshop seminar based on the book. And I'm presenting it to a lot of, lots and lots of business groups and veterans groups. The second chance thing really resonates with veterans, with uh, uh, with entrepreneurs, uh, with church groups. You know, so I'm, I'm going out and I hope to do a lot of uh, a lot of our, my workshops and seminars around the United States. That is beautiful, and, and you <clears throat> and you have quite a bit to share with them, and. How do you manage your time? Because you have such a wealth of knowledge. And I'm sure when you sit down with someone, you get this whole mind map of, of how you can help them. How do you pick and choose where to start? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I'm, kind of a, I'm kind of a time management more. I'm, I'm kind of a what they used to call time management freak. I, I think it's so important. But... Let me share this with your listeners. If anybody tries to, and I'll just say it, if anybody tries to sell you time management training, run away. Because all the latest research, which I've had the privilege of being around and a part of, all the latest research says it's not time management anymore. The world's moving so fast that what it really is, you need to seek out priority management. So that's what I do to answer your question, Gerald. I'm a master of applying it and also teach it every client that's the only thing i customize a curriculum for every client except time management (laughs) and and i i I force them to go through my priority management training so to answer your question priority management is understanding a system to prioritize everything you think you need to do and then only doing only managing the time around the highest priority items because 80% of what we think we have to do, we don't have to do. There is no consequence to it. Only I, sometimes I believe less than 10% are the really important high consequence things. So I have disciplined myself to every night before I go to bed, I plan my next day based on priorities. Uh, That's based on, the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, written in 1928, 
who made that discovery that if you do it the night before, it always it always is more effective. You get up the next morning ready to go with the plan. That so is, that I, is that's I, one of my I favorite books. Everything. Oh yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. It's kind of dry in places, but it's great. It's just <laughs> fabulous. You know? Dan, Dan, believe so it. I prioritize or, everything. Dan, believe it or not, we are out of time. In (laughs) in 30 seconds, if you could, what is the one piece of advice that you would like to leave with our audience on leadership? Uh, Communicate. You know, no one wants wants to be told anything today. Sit down and understand the needs of every employee, just like I do in the coaching. Understand the needs of every employee from their point of view. Shut up and listen. And if you do, you'll learn amazing things on how to help people be more successful. That is so well said. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I would like to thank our guest, Mr. Danny Creed, who is an executive coach uh, par excellence. Danny, thank you for coming on the program. Daryl, this has been great. Thank you very much. I'd love to come back if you ever would like to have me. Oh, we're going to have you back because there's much more wisdom and advice that you can share with our audience, which we are greatly appreciative. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up this week for Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, if you miss any part of this broadcast or other broadcasts, you can catch us on iTunes at iTunes U. Look for Seton Hall University Leadership with Darrell Gunter. Have a great weekend, and remember, leadership begins with you.